Dear Fraudster, you were ripping me off. And I have to say, you were good at it. And for a moment, I even liked you. But today I know that you are not a good person. You might think that you are special. I know, most of the fraudsters do. But let me tell you something. You are not special. You are just a mean person. You are suffering from a narcissistic personal disorder. I'm sure you have trouble keeping healthy relationships. You are intolerant. You have little regard for other people's feelings. You are taking advantage of others and you harm people. You are a waste of time for everyone. And by the way, that's like the baddest thing I can say about the person. Now, shall we tell the world what you did to me? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode with me, Anna Yelen, your time expert. A keynote speaker, businesswoman and someone who likes to dance naked around the fire. I'm addicted to cold water and I say yes to life every single day. And I am someone who almost fell into a trap of a fraudster. Let me tell you this story. Skål! And the glasses cling. We have something to celebrate. A big order has arrived and the month of July is saved. And I love to celebrate when an order flies in. Because whenever I get an order, I know that I am getting a chance to change lives to the better. And in this event, I will be talking in front of a few hundred persons who will be listening to my speech in London in July. Second, there is money coming in. So yes, everyone should celebrate the big and even the small orders. I remember when I read the email. It was late at night. I was sitting on the train to get back home. And I remember how, not long ago, my team and I sat together and we looked at the coming month. We looked at the overall and we agreed we are doing good. But as usual, the summer months were poorly filled with speeches and workshops. So this order came at the right time. And that's what it said. Blessings to you, Anna. I am Reverend Dr. David Eisen, Dean of the St. Paul's Church, London, United Kingdom. We are pleased to inform you that we would like to engage you for a speaking event here in London at the Church Conference coming up on the 16th, 17th, 18th of July 2019. The conference is tagged Big Things, How to Start Small. Please, we would like you to convey to us your availability. And also, please, we would as well appreciate if you get back in touch with us in ample time so we can start corresponding the details. Thank you and expecting to hear from you soon. Remain blessed. Reverend Dr. David Eisen, St. Paul's Church, Brixton, London. I start to tap. Blessings to you too, Reverend Eisen. I'm very happy and thankful for your message. Let me tell you that I would feel very honoured to be part of this conference in July. I'm still free on these days. Let's talk about the details. I have a nice speech in mind. 
which fits the issue big things how to start small. Blah, 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 blah. And I go on. I start talking about time and how this topic is useful for everyone right now and so on. I write the long mail because when I start writing about my ideas, I lose myself completely in my euphoric state. We are starting to have a very nice conversation via email. Five mails later, everything is arranged. This is huge and further, it will be a well-paid speaker event and I can't wait for July to arrive. There's just one last thing to do. I need to get my work permit. I didn't know that I need to get one, but on the homepage of the UK government, the different work permits are listed, also the one I need, as per Reverend Eisen. To make it easier for me, he gives me the address of Rebecca Paul. He tells me she works at the United Kingdom Borders Agency's liaison office. She has helped previous international guests of ours procure their permits in the past as well, so please get in touch with her. She will put you through the process and her contact is below. Man, that is so nice. If everything would go that smooth when you are booked for a speaking gig, well, this would be great. Until now, everything goes smooth. And then they make a mistake. It's just one phrase. Can you imagine... One simple phrase. <sighs> Rebecca. Rebecca, she writes. Send me the payment fee, which is £690, via money transfer, as we have a MoneyGram outlet just opposite our office. It is easier for me this way, as I have a very busy schedule recently. And this phrase makes me go like, no, 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 no. They are bullshitting me. Transfer money because of a busy schedule. Please, Rebecca, come on. I mean, no, no, no. And in this moment, my suspicion is launched and my hope is gone. To make it short, we found out that this is 100% fraud. The moment this so-named Rebecca Paul told me to transfer money, there was a red flag where I understood that I have been lied to. And I mean, poor Reverend David Eisen, because he actually does exist. I even Googled him, but it wasn't the real Reverend sending me this email. These are people, fraudsters, making everything up. And they, they have been doing this with hundreds, maybe even thousands of speakers all around the world. I found a written blog by another keynote speaker who wrote about this. He published all the mails. They were identical with the ones I got. They had just changed the names. Reverend Brian Moody, Reverend Michael Silver, Pastor Phil Lyndon Jones, and so on. But always the exact same words of the email and the contract. I was happy that I didn't go further, but I have read of speakers who have paid the fee, booked the flights, arranged all the necessary things before they realized that this was fraud. 
I mean, imagine showing up in London, arriving at a location and nobody is there. And you have prepared a speech which took you ages and you booked in a Marriott hotel for three nights. Well, that's when you should go to the pub and have a couple of beers. A few, many, loads of them. How do you feel when you get lied to? There will always be emotions showing up, like disappointment or anger, which is normal. But how about if we could quite quickly go to the mood of forgiving? If we are able to forgive, we are free. And let's look at this with the eyes of the time expert. Lies are always a time thief. Either way, if you lie to people, it's a time thief and if you get lied to as well. So don't get even more annoyed by some mean people, excuse me, but they're not worth your energy. I have to say that I feel sorry for the people who do this. They haven't learned anything about ethic and moral. I mean, can you imagine a life like this? They will be surrounded by likewise people and this is terrible. And if you believe in karma, well, no luck for these guys. Listen to what two fraud examiner John Jill and Alan Backman say about fraudsters. Do you think fraudsters can truly reform? The ones that you've met, the top-level CFOs like Fastow, to the uh, Diane Katanis who are just, you know, doing it to make ends meet or to keep up a lifestyle, but ultimately regretting it and coming forward. Um, do you think that there's reformation there for them? And does it happen? Have you seen it? That's a problem. Because I, deep down, I like to believe uh, that, you know, most human beings are good. And I, I actually, you know, if you look at the number of frauds that occur versus the number of employees, it's actually a small number. So you have to believe, you know, people are at their core basically good. Unfortunately, the experience I have had with these uh, fraud perpetrators is I am amazed at how many times they did it the first time. We've done interviews with them. They they talk about how extremely sorry they are and what a, and how many, the lesson that they learned from it. And then they turn around and they do it all over again. And I use a couple of quick examples just from our from the interviews that we had done. I did an interview with a guy named Barry Wedney, and he was a controller for a small firm, and he. Uh, he was in Austin. We sat him down. We did an interview with him, and he talked about how sorry he was that he'd stolen from the company and uh, how much he'd learned, and he actually wanted to start going out and speaking to groups to tell them uh, his story. About six months later, I saw a news story where he had been arrested again. At the very time he had been doing the interview with me, he was working for another company, he did exactly the same thing. He was stealing money from them, and he got caught, and he went back to jail. Steve Komisar, we uh, did an interview with him uh, probably 10 years ago. He say, it was, he was a con artist. He came out. He went on the uh, speaking circuit, wrote a book about preventing fraud, got caught again. He was back in jail. Barry Minko, back in jail again. It just seems like, uh, and I... Uh, 
Bob Daniels, another guy who he, he actually cried during the interview. Dr. Wells, uh, Joe Wells did the interview, and during the interview, he started crying about how sorry he was. And then he got out of jail. Somebody gave him a job as a bookkeeper. Same thing, started stealing money from him. So the history is not good here. And I'm not a psychologist. I wish I knew, understood more about if you really do seem sorry about it, why do you keep going? The closest I can get is a lot of times when we do these interviews, the people say that they got addicted to what they were doing. I think they got addicted to the thrill. They got addicted to having extra money, being able to spend it. And so I think, you know, just like a drug addict, you do it the first time you know that it's bad and you don't want to do it again, but you just have this overwhelming craving to do it. And that's about the best explanation I can have. But that's, again, something that is when you talk to these people, you start to pick up signs that help explain some of this. It's like as, as they're telling you about what they did, they say it. Well, I, even when the financial crisis was over, they kept doing it anyway because they kind of got addicted to it. Uh, for John's examples, I can counter a little bit. I mean, Mark Whitaker is, I think, rebuilding his life. He's doing some speaking, but he's also head of a, a large company in Florida now. Uh, the last time I, I uh, reached out to him, he was seemed to be doing okay. Aaron Beam went from being a CFO and one of the founders of HealthSouth. Uh, last I heard from Aaron, he'd written a book about his, uh, about his uh, exploits, if you will, and was now cutting lawns. He had almost retired to the life of a, a, a gentleman farmer and was uh, cutting lawns and probably will not commit a crime again. Mark probably will not. The propensity is always there, though, for anybody, even those who haven't so far. It's, if you say, well, this is a fraudster and they've committed this crime, will they be good forever? Well, I would counter that with, here's a, here's a good person, will they never commit a fraud? And who's to say? Uh I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but there's some very obvious ones that, oh no, it's only a matter of time before they transgress again. We see them all the time. John's mentioned a couple of them, and there's others we have, we've spoken to in the past where they've walked out of the room and we look at each other and you go, just a matter of time. Uh, but who's to say? Quite interesting, isn't it? But back to you, fraudster. I believe in fairy tales, and here is mine to you. Once upon a time, there were two brothers, and you were one of them. One was evil and mean, and he was stealing gold from families. And the other one was a good person, kind, thoughtful, and living a happy life. Years had gone by and nothing had changed. The mean one was still stealing and the good one was still enjoying life. But the mean one, he became sick. He was in big pain. His head and belly hurt so much. Nobody knew what happened. But he also got tinier and smaller every day. He shrank one inch per day, and the pain was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And one day, he was like a small pebble stone. 
and the day after, he was gone. He was dead. Kids and fraudsters always remember every lie is wasting your time because a lie will ponder in your mind and if you are the one lying you will put many thoughts and hours into your lies because most of the people will eventually have a guilty conscience and it will eat you up from the inside and that is exactly what had happened to the mean one. He was eaten up from the inside. But if you are honest in your life, it will give you time to enjoy it. End of story. And to all the millions and billions of honest people out there, what a beautiful, beautiful human being you are. I mean, really, you can be proud of yourself. Let's keep inspiring our kids, friends and people to do some good in this world. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and enjoy. Bye. And by the way, if you know other speakers, life coaches or so ever, feel free to share this podcast or the video on YouTube. Like this we can provide them to fall into this scam or fraud. And by the way, you might already know my YouTube channel, but I have also started being active on Instagram. And if you want to, go and check it out. I will always try to give advice or tips or just inspire you to be the person you truly are and to dare to show this. You can find me under Anna the Time Expert. See you there. And alas, by the way, there have been many people asking me why I don't have any sponsors in it. I know, I know, I know. And it is a subject, but at the moment I'm not having a sponsor. And I like it that way. Maybe this has to change one day. So that's just why I think if you share it, I'm grateful for that. Well, that's all. Take care. Bye bye.